How are we doing, everybody? It's Jeff Hoke, as always, here with Jamie Gatlin, Kevin Perdios, and Chris Henrique for yet another episode of Shorthand and Takes a Boston Bruins podcast presented by Beyond the Monster. We are 13 games away from the playoffs, finally, and the Bruins are well in uh, front of everyone else still. Uh, I believe they're at 115 points, 115, 100 100 plus points right now. They're at 100 plus points right now, and they're pretty much in the driver's seat to get that number one uh, seed in the President's Cup trophy. Uh, but that's besides the point. Uh, they went 3 1 over this last four. You guys all took 3 and 1. So good job, everybody. Uh, no one took, no one wanted to take the 4 0. The only thing is, the wrong game was chosen. No one thought it'd beat the Chicago Blackhawks uh, 6 to 3, uh, beat down. Of that game, um, but it does appear though, and we'll start with you, Kevin, that the Bruins were able to bounce back pretty well after that uh, uh, Blackhawks game, being able to win three in a row after that. Yeah, they absolutely kicked the shit out of the Sabres last night, so that was that was kind of good to see. Um, you know, it's hard to pick a pick apart a game when you win seven nothing. Um, I think one of the good things though is all seven goals came from different people, which is good to see. You, know, you don't want to be top heavy. Or, and so it's kind of, it was well spread out. That was nice to see. But um, yeah, the Blackhawks game wasn't ideal. Um, I think that that's a game that just got away from us and it happens. We have, we have the points to spare, but you don't want to make a habit of that. That's for sure. And Jamie, it seems like uh, let's say Sway- Swayman has stepped up big here, and that's another thing we're going to talk about here a little bit later because there's a little bit of controversy about what's going to happen here down the stretch when it comes to the goalies, and and there was a l- little bit of something that was mentioned on 98.5 the Sports Hub today that you know uh, I'll I'll bring that up in a little bit a little bit, but it Swayman and Allmark have been on their game. Swayman more on his game, uh, posting the first back-to-back shutout, uh, uh, for a starting goalie on the Bruins since 2013, which was Tuka Rask. Um, how big has uh Swayman been able to step up here down the stretch? I think that's been huge. I feel like especially he didn't get off to the best start this year. At least in the last two games, he's been in elite form. And when you have a guy like Allmark who's already playing a Vezina level, and then you have Swayman you know, raising his game, that makes the Bruins a hard team to face. And if you're Montgomery, that's, you know, having deciding who to put in net is a problem that a lot of, you know, NHL coaches would love to have. Um, and it's perfect that, you know, Swim's playing it like this as the season's winding down with the playoffs just a couple weeks away. Chris, anything on that one? No, I mean, I was worried when the Bruins got the doors blown off by the Blackhawks yep. leading with, with that when the series um when their road trip began and I was yep. like oh crap like we, we literally went you know we made our picks and I was like oh we're gonna we're gonna eat it when we get back to record on Monday <laughs> um but I'm happy that the uh that the team ultimately had a pretty good you know road trip um I do have one little concern but I'm gonna bring it up later I don't okay. want to do it right now yeah no uh so we'll move on to that goalie situation thing um so Swayman's been playing well. Uh, it, it's just by me looking on Bruins Twitter. A uh, little question whether to uh, should they be playing Olmark more because you're obviously going to play him in the uh, playoffs more and there's no back-to-backs when it comes to the playoffs. 
or uh, should you split split them like what Montgomery's doing right now? Um, and ninety eight five the sports hub, I believe it was Felger on Felger Mads were saying that they should split in the playoffs, which I mean I don't. Uh, that that's a risky move as it is. Uh, but Chris, I'll go to you on this one. Uh, what's your take on uh, how the goalie situation is being handled here down the stretch? Uh, so I, I caught a little bit of Felgram mass today, um, but not enough to where, you know, like I didn't catch that part with like the postseason piece, but I don't think that's a good idea. But as for the way things are right now, I mean, you've clinched the playoff spot. You know, it. you're not – I mean, the grand scheme of things, I know fans want that record or whatever, but you're really not playing for anything. So let both these guys get some reps. Just Allmark is not looked as sharp, in my opinion. Um, Sway kind of has, but that's not a bad thing. But when the postseason starts, unless, you know, Allmark poops down his pants, like he's, he's goaltender one and – I don't think there's a de- there shouldn't be a debate about it. There, there should not be. Tell me the last time that we saw a Stanley Cup winning hockey team, you know, do goalie by committee basically and and alternate their goaltenders in the postseason. Like I legitimately, I I haven't. I don't remember the last time that happened. Yeah, I don't really understand. I didn't watch Felger. Ma- I don't watch Felger Maz for good reason. Uh, I don't want to be my last. I only have like three brain brain cells left, and one of them just went by saying that. Um, so I only have two brain cells left at this point. Um, and I don't want to waste them on listening to that. That's besides the point, Jamie. Um, I I asked you about Swayman, obviously being the back guy to shut out back to back games for the first time since 2013. What what's your take on the uh, you know, going down the stretch here, how they're being handled and. Obviously, I probably know your answer to the split goalie just uh, in the playoffs, but you know, what's your take on that whole situation right now? Yeah, I mean, I just keep doing what they're doing because it's working right now. Um, obviously, Allmark is going to be the star in the playoffs, so you know, I would get him as much rest as you can and continue to build Swayman's confidence. So then, if the rare occasion you do need him in the playoffs, you know, he's still kind of on the streak. Uh, but guys, like what Chris said, you have an opportunity now to rest Allmark, who's been exceptional this year um you have a good stretch of games to do it so i keep alternating them and you know obviously what they're doing right now is working so pause montgomery i want to change a thing kevin are you worried at all about old mark and him being a little bit rusty going to the playoffs with how uh they're using uh resting him right now um no not i wouldn't say worried i think it's kind of the right thing to do let these, you know, and it's not just goaltending, it's everyone. Let all your veteran guys rust up. You know, it, at the end of the day, there's, what, 13 games left, 12 games left maybe. You know, you know, you wouldn't want it, but you could lose all 12 games and still be okay. You know what I mean? So it's it's not, you know, we, we have that luxury right now. Um, so I'm not worried about Allmark or anything like that, I would, I would honestly say I'd rather see Swayman play majority of the remaining games over Allmark. Like keep Allmark fresh, but you know don't stop playing them on back to backs. Let him let him really rest up so that when we do hit playoff time, he is in net game one. Um, I, I'm gonna be honest. I'm not. I'm against it, but I'm not fully against the splitting of the times. You know, I, I, of, I think 
Hallmark, without a doubt, you start him game one. And you kind of allow him to play until he loses a game. You know, and that sounds bad. Like, why? Well, what if you lose game one? Okay, like, you know, if, if Swayman continues, like, let's say Swayman plays out of the 12 games, let's play, say he plays eight out of the remaining games. And, and he goes seven and one in those games or eight and oh. He's playing really well. Are, are you losing anything? Are you really losing anything by saying we're going swimming here, especially if it's a back-to-back? You know, it's not a terrible thought. I don't think you do it. Like, you can't start swimming game one. Allmark's a huge reason why you're here. So you got to give it to Allmark, and if Allmark's playing well into the playoffs, especially the first couple games, yeah, you keep playing the hot hand. And when you have two goalies that are playing at the top of the game, top of the league, in the, in some categories, the, you that's a luxury you can have, and you use utilize both of them. Um, you know, I'm more worried about Swayman going cold than Allmark. You know, getting tired. I guess, for lack of a better word. Yeah, and I guess that's the glory uh, glory of having two uh two like really freaking good goalies is that like you said down the stretch here you can do that, but this might be the first time where you know. You, you might have a Vesna caliber goalie and we are questioning whether or not he's going to start in the playoffs or not because the other goalie is so good. I'm not saying it's going to happen. Obviously, Allmark's going to start, but for us to have this conversation just tells you how good that goalie situation is in Boston right now. And it's going to be good for years to come. As, uh, obviously, Swain was a restricted free agent after the season, but I, you know, probably most likely going to sign him, uh, resign him, I would think. But uh, that being said, um, I don't know if you guys. We're watching the WBC on behind me right now, and Matasaki yeah, Yoshida just, just drilled just drilled a three run bomb to tie it. So that's the Red Sox uh, new guy, uh, new Red Sox player uh, doing doing well for the uh, team Japan right now. So there's your baseball that's, reference there, Chris. That's my outfielder right there. That's my outfielder. I know, and you know <laughs> the best part is this is the first time I think we worked a baseball piece into the show where you introduced it. This might be a first. Oh, dude, I'm hyped for Yoshida, dude. Oh, I. But we tried last week with the pod that I had all timers and forgot for a good twenty five yeah, seconds. Yeah, that that was that's just the whole thing, dude. You know, it's nine thirty on a Monday. This can post on a Tuesday. I mean, it's just I, I I was hyped for Yoshida from day one, so I needed to uh, I needed to put that out there. So, um, Jamie, the floor is gonna. I'm I'm giving you the floor here, okay? Trent Frederick has had a fantastic stretch. Uh, I don't know how many games, but uh, you posted it the other day. He's on he's on a point streak right now, in a yes. way. Um, and I'll let you explain all that. But you have an appreciation uh, sentiments message here for uh, Freddie Hockey. And I'm going to give you the floor here, and then I'll let Chris and Kevin take over after you're done. I do. He's I've been thinking about this a lot, like the last week. Uh, he's just a dude that's been impressing this year. I mean, I feel like coming into this season, he was kind of that agitator. Um, he was the guy who would piss off your opponents, get in the fights, and he's still he's still done that this year. But I feel like he's kind of limited that and shown a lot more upside offensively. And he has 16 goals. Um, I think coming to this year was like under 10 was his career high. Um, before their last game, he had a goal in three straight games, which is the first time he did that in college for Wisconsin in 2018. Um, and it's just been good to see a player like him develop, especially being a first round pick. Um, and you know, when you have, when you're like the Bruins, you're playing as well as you've had this year, 
and reaching historic numbers, you have guys like that. Um, but it's been good to kind of see him show another element to his game, um, especially kind of being a points machine down the stretch. That's just my appreciation just for – I feel like it's kind of been highlighted more how much he's grown. Um, and other than pissing people off and starting fights, he's brought a lot more to the table this year whenever he's in the lineup. Uh Kevin, what you got on you? You want to bounce off of that? I mean, he, I mean, he's been very good. He fought Dylan Cousins the other day, and the ref had to break it up. I mean, it's it was a whole thing. I wish they didn't break it up because I wanted to see Dylan Cousins get his face pummeled in because it's Freddie Hockey. So, you got any take on that? Yeah, I mean, I I think I've always I've always been a fan of Frederick. I think you know what Jamie says is right. You know, he came up kind of that agitator. Get into fights, playing playing a physical presence. Um, for the what maybe he's what six one, if that he's he's tiny, you know, in NHL terms, right? Like that. That's he's not a big guy, but he he plays a big game, and um, you know, that was one of the things kind of holding him against that was held against him was just what else do you bring to the table besides this physical presence and um. I'm glad to see it. I like the kid. I like I, he plays with his hair on fire, and I I always kind of have have a soft spot for those type of guys. So I really like it, and I think, um, you know, he fits this team so well because now it's not on him to answer the bell. Like he's got other guys, other physical guys on that team that are more than capable of stepping up. So it allows him to kind of showcase the skills that. He does have, you know, you don't, you don't, you don't accidentally go to Wisconsin and, and play hockey there for if all you can do is hit and fight, you know, that that's not the way it is. And so he is a very talented player and it's nice to see that he's adding and showcasing those, those skills. Chris. Yeah, I, I'll be honest with you. I've been, I've been surprised, pleasantly surprised with him this year. Um, I've never really – for me, it was kind of like one of those draft picks where it was underwhelming for me. But this year, he, he's – I mean, he's gone out. He's had, you know, a role. He's played consistently, and he's found his niche. I think a lot of times when, um, you know, when these young kids and they get drafted, they, they automatically, you know – uh, in my opinion, I don't know, but they think that they got to go out and score 30 goals and, you know, play on the top two lines when really you're just going to find what works for you. And I think the Bruins did that. They found, you know, where he fits nicely on the roster. He's not afraid to mix it up. He's not afraid to throw hands, which is something that um, I don't think is a bad thing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I think I think the Bruins have something with with Frederick that's um, – it's starting to finally work out. And I, I'm actually pleased that he's had the year that he's had because, you know, I'll be honest with you for a while. For me, he was a guy that I felt that could be part of a trade package to bring another, you know, a better player in. I, I kind of thought that they would have moved on from him. And I think Don Sweeney is showing that, you know, patience and finding the right spot for this player is worked out. And, and maybe give that credit to Montgomery too. Maybe, you know, he's a big reason as to why, you know, He's finally started to flourish, you know, now that, you know, we're post-Cassidy. Yeah, Jamie, I was going to ask you, I'll, I'll have you close this out. Is it because of Cassidy, do you think, with the new regime, is it because of Cassidy uh, that you think was the whole reason why Frederick is now breaking out now? 
I think that was probably a good reason. Um, I feel like you've just seen a lot of the younger players more comfortable with Montgomery, even DeBrusque too. Um, so I think that definitely has played a major, you know, a major role to his success this year. So, sorry, Verdugo just uh, came up clutch now too. The, so. the Red Sox are owning this World Baseball Classic tonight. I'd love to see it. That's also my that's that's also my outfielder, as Jamie would say. That's it. Quote it. Quote it. Um. So, I want to talk a little bit about. Uh, I want to talk around the NHL here for a second. Uh, Kevin, I'm going to go to you here. Uh, we're going to start with the Rangers. The Rangers. I, I texted you guys this the other day. They put up 12 goals in two games, but they also played the Pittsburgh Penguins, who have Tristan Jari, who somehow only has nine losses on the season. Don't know how because he has been absolute ass lately. Uh, and then they played the Nashville Predators without Roman Josie and put up six goals. Are you does does obviously they're clicking a little bit here? Obviously they're starting to click. I'm I, I'm not denying that. Are you worried at all about this Rangers team now that they're starting to possibly uh, click some? Um, I guess yes, a little bit, and it's not the offensive output like we we've. We've always known that team has enough offensive talent to to score. I've always thought their weakness was goaltending, and their goaltending has looked better. Yes, it's it's maybe two teams that are underperforming or not not going to make the playoffs. But you don't accidentally get two shutouts in a row. You know that that's kind of more what I've seen. So that's more worrisome. I think. You know, if they can really continue this offensive output and staying hot and building that confidence, and then add in the goal, getting good goaltending, yeah, that that's that's can be problemsome for especially the Bruins if we run into them. Um, you know, it, it's I always get I always get hesitant to say that if I'm worried about a playoff team because again, it, it's we talk about baseball, we talk about hockey, it's a different season when you enter the postseason. It, you just just get in. Get in and anything can happen. It, it's not so it's hard to say you're you're worried about, oh well, this team's playing well with 15 or 12 games left. It, okay. <laughs> a lot can happen in 12 days, just or 12 games, you know. Um Ask me if I'm worried if we're we're down 0-2 to them or something. You know, that's that's maybe when we start worrying and, and throwing that word around. But you know, the Rangers have been playing better. They're they're a good team. And when you get Patrick Kane added into the mix of guys they already have here, Vladimir Tarasenko is in there now. Like that, there's a lot of offensive output in that locker room. So yeah, they're they're gonna play well and they're gonna blow teams out. But how do you perform? In the postseason, that's where it really comes into play. And we say it all the time, look at Toronto. <laughs> Until they show that they're they can get out of their own way, I'm not I'm not worried about them. I mean, like I said, I mean it is it, it they played the Predators and who have Kyle Lincoln in the goal, who well, lost at a period and a half a goal, and you have Tristan Jari who hasn't looked the same since his injury against the Boston Bruins in the winter classic. I mean, it's it's two teams that are fundamentally not good, but you're beating them, which is good. Uh, 
But like Kevin said, the shutout aspect of things might worry me a bit more. Jamie does obviously Sabres probably, I mean, they're still in it, but mathematically, but I mean, hypothetically, they're pretty much out of it at this point. I mean, you got the, you got the pirate, you got the Pittsburgh Penguins. You got, you got the Washington Capitals trying to make a run at this. Um, Do the Rangers worry you at all outside of the Toronto Maple Leafs? Obviously, are the Rangers starting to worry you at all? No, I think just because of they haven't, I don't think they're starting to click more lately, but I still think the Maple Leafs would be the biggest threat. Um, I just feel like the Rangers haven't been as consistent enough um, to scare me at this point. Chris? All right, sorry. I was just dialed into the Virginia thing just happened. Um <laughs> Ask your question. Uh, are you worried about the Rangers at all with how well they have been playing the last two games? Um, I would say this, you know, there's some cause for concern. Um, I mean, they made they made decent moves. You know, I, I remember we were talking about their the trades over the course of the last couple of weeks, and we really didn't put much, you know, into a lot of the a lot of their stuff, but uh, um you know, I think I think Kane, he finally scored a couple of games ago and, and it's starting to fit in. Um, you mentioned the goaltending. Yeah, I think the Rangers are a legitimate, you know, a legitimate threat. But until until we get into the postseason and we see the Bruins match up against whoever they're going to match up, and we get one game in, I, I just – the Bruins are going to be the favorites. I don't see them dropping, falling, going to in a series or something. I would be absolutely shocked and floored if that happened. But – I do think that the Rangers are a worthy competitor for sure. Okay. Now the moment I have been waiting for, because I've been waiting a week to talk about this. Y'all know where I'm going with this one certain goalie. We're talking about goalies right now. So I'm going to go into the, on this goalie and that'd be Jordan Shittington. And I have gone down this road so many times, you know how I feel. And he has just ramped it up even more for me after getting suspended for two games for just mauling Ryan Hartman out of nowhere. It was uh, almost got on a goalie fight with Marc-Andre Fleury, which is where I want to talk about really quick before we get too far in on Jordan Bennington. Why are we stopping goalie fights, guys? Why? Why? Let them go. Let them go. <laughs> Marc-Andre Marc Fleury was ready to go. He even said, he even said, let me go, dude. Let me go. I'm ready. The, uh, the audio of that was was priceless. Like, I, I watched that. Clip like five times. It was the nicest. It was the nicest way to say I want to fight this dude without saying I want to fight this dude. That audio clip did what? Do you guys remember when I, I want to say it was Syndergaard? Maybe it was. I think it was Syndergaard got tossed, and they had the mic'd up interaction between him and the ump. Yes, that Flurry's interaction did that for hockey. That was amazing. You know that that's I loved that. I watched that a hundred times is like this is what professional sports needs like get these guys mic'd up all the time it's so fun to hear and see what is said now i i need i need to ask this question to any one of you i'll start with chris are we starting to go away from fighting in the nhl here because it really feels like it's starting they're really trying to push it out and i know up in the ohl up in canada they're trying. They they are in the next year. It's going to be completely gone. You're going to. It's going to be like college hockey. You're going to get penalized if you fight, and you're going to pretty much get suspended for the next game. Now, Chris, 
Are they are they trying to push us out of the NFL by trying to uh, break these up uh, more and more? Yeah, um, I probably it looks like it. You know what I mean? Like it, it's very rare. Um, I mean, how many fights have we seen this year where they really let the guys just kind of go? I think there's been a couple of Bruins ones we've gotten to see. Um, but I mean, if you're able, I mean, I'm, I'm looking from the NHL side. I mean, you don't want something bad to happen because these, you know, two guys are mixing it up and it's, I know it's been part of the culture for, you know, the inception of hockey, the guys, the guys will fight. Um, you know, I just, I look at it like, think about the fight the other day, a couple of weeks back, it was, um, and I wrote about it too, the, the McLaughlin where, you know, he was bleeding, you know, it probably was because of his helmet, his visor, I think is what, what got him. But, you know, I think the NHL just wants to maybe eliminate a lot of those gory scenes and eliminate that sort of quote violence in the game. Um, cause if you think about it, if you fight in baseball, you get ejected, if you fight in football, you get ejected. If I didn't basketball, you get arrested. I mean, look at the Pistons game that one year. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it kind of sucks because it's it's embedded as part of the game, but it kind of feels like yeah, they're they're starting to they're starting to move on from it. Jamie, what uh, say you on that aspect of things? Because I mean, I was out of the goalie fight. We've seen that like well, the Trent Frederick Dylan Cousins fight was broken up. I mean, there's been a couple of line brawls that were broken up before it even started. Um, and I, I just it just feels like with this whole OHL thing, I think it's going to start coming down here into the NHL here. Not within the next yeah. year, but maybe like three or four years away. Yeah, I actually have two points. Um, first one is, yeah, I agree. I feel like you see like rows break up quicker, um, which is kind of annoying. I feel like it's part of hockey. I remember growing up watching like Sean Thornton um, just – you know, beat people up and watching that type of hockey um, was entertaining. Uh, but I do feel like with concussions and kind of that type of stuff becoming more prevalent on um, the last couple of years, that's why you're kind of seeing a shift away from it. Uh, my second point is kind of unrelated, but we're all Boston people, so that's why I bring this up. Did you guys see how Jordan Biddington compared his meeting with the NHL player safety to goodwill hunting? Oh, that was that was part of my rant that was coming to... up too. Okay, I just, I just tried. No, no, go, me, go, like, go with it, go with it. Well, I just saw that. And I was like, first of all, what did you say during <laughs> your meeting that you started <laughs> DiCaprio apparently, and Robin Williams was across the desk from you while you're explaining why you just went after dude for celebrating a goal? I just like saw that. And I was just like, I have so many questions. It's like seeing the mic'd up flurry stuff. I want to see the meeting now. Like, give me the videotape. If it was like Goodwill Hunting, I want to see that whole conversation. Him like, and George Peros talking back and forth would have been the most hilarious fucking mic'd up audio like, I would have ever seen. Like, uh, I know he's a weird dude, but I read that and I was like, yeah, dude, it's. I'm, I'm going to get Kevin's opinion here. Then I want to go on a little bit of a rant on Jordan Bennington. So, Kevin, what is your take on this whole. I saw you nodding your head, yes. And now, obviously, this is an audio. Uh, based podcast, so you're not gonna people aren't gonna see you nodding your head, but you were nodding your head, yes, as in you completely agree that they're starting to pull away fighting from the NFL and NFL, the NHL. Um, what what's your take? Yeah, they're they're trying to get away from it, and it's complete bullshit. It it's I understand why they're doing it, but they're they're wrong in the sense of, of why they're doing it, and 
I think Jamie's right there. You know, they're worried about the concussions and everything, but there's a huge, there's a huge another element to this that they're forgetting about is they're trying to take the game. The game's faster, right? These, these guys that are playing now, they, they can all the way down to the fourth line. They, they're flying. They, the speed these guys have is unbelievable. Um, you know, the talent that they possess is a lot better than we've seen in recent years. And, the issue with that is, did you guys happen to just to see the Hockey East um, semifinals? The kid from BU got carted off. Yes. Yeah. Skoog. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's it. That's it. That is what is going to end up happening. Like, that's not a dirty hit. That's a guy just coming over to try to knock him off the puck. He got hit at the faceoff dot and went f- head first into the boards. You know that 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 type of play, because you're moving so fast, is almost more dangerous than allowing fights. And what's gonna actually, what's probably gonna end up happening is these guys are gonna take more. Your fourth line guys, if you get caught in a fourth line, you're a fourth liner out there, and you see, shit, I don't know, Connor McDavid coming down with the puck, you're gonna try to put a body on, and he's gonna end up getting hurt. In years past, what would happen is you take a you take a shot like that at one of my best players, you're gonna have to one of you or your teammates gonna get their face beating by the Sean Thorntons of the world. You know, in, in I know it's incidental contact, it, you didn't mean for the guy to get hurt, but that's that's the game policing itself. Like it they want those type of players or your face of the franchise guys. You know, they you can go around the league and or around NHL history and look at all the greats, and they all had a goon or a, a guy out there that protected them. You know, and there's no it's no coincidence that those guys were as good as they were because people had second thoughts about taking runs at them or, or trying to put a body on them or whatever it is. And when you add those two elements together of how fast the game's going, the ice is staying the same size. If if they were to get rid of fighting, make the rinks make the rinks bigger, make the rinks wider, allow a go to Olympic style ice rink, right? Yep. And and if you guys that don't know, just look up the difference in size. It, it's a lot different. So that's fine. Make an adjustment both ways then, because. You keep the same size, but you get rid of fighting. You're going to have a lot of your star players get hurt and get hurt quick because it's there's no protecting themselves. The refs can only do so much and see so much. Fighting allows the game to police itself. And, and yeah, you would say, well, football doesn't have in that. You can argue that's just as physical. Yeah, there's a whistle every play, though. <laughs> you know what I mean? There, there's... You could have 10 minutes of hockey and, and have no whistle. It's there's a lot of little things that go on policed. And that, and I think it's 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 slippery slope to get away from fighting, but the NHL is a hundred percent trying to get rid of fighting. Um also on that point, uh congrats to uh Boston University on winning the hockey's championship over No, no. Let me no. finish, let me finish. No, no. let me finish. Also, congrats to Merrimack for being runner-up and also still making it to the NCAA tournament and having to face the number two Quinnipiac. So you're still in it. So I know you didn't win it, but you're still in it. 
So EQ you, baby. Eat Q exactly. you. Also, just a side rant. I, w- I want to get this off my chest as well. Oh boy. The, the college rule of you have to wait five years to make the tournament after transitioning to a D1 program is the most bullshit rule <laughs> in any sport. Like is it professional or college. Merrimack College basketball should have been in in March Madness. So FDU, FDU that just beat Purdue. FU, lost FDU. To Merrimack. Yeah, lost to Merrimack. They only got in because Merrimack wasn't allowed to play in the uh, tournament. So dumb. Uh, I love that for you. Um, no, but yeah, no, obviously, you know, congrats to both of those hockey teams for making it in. And uh, uh, Boston University will play Western Michigan and then. Quinnipiac obviously going to play uh, Merrimack. Uh, just really quick, I just want to throw this out here about Jordan Bennington. I mean, this this dude, I you, y'all know I've hated this dude since 2019, and for good reason. I've hated him for good reason. This dude, this dude has an ego that he took from the 2019 Stanley Cup and is carrying it on, and he is a subpar goalie at best. And this dude is celebrating after and pumping up the crowd after giving up five goals and almost starting a goalie fight. Yet he's, you know, being deemed like the best goalie in St. Louis Blues history. So I, I, I don't know. I don't know. You know, it's it's just the whole thing. You, y'all know how I feel about Jordan Biddington. I call him Jordan Shittington for a reason. So I mean, I know Chris, were you going to say something? You look like you're about ready to say something. Yeah, I, it was just like he had just a, a tantrum after giving up a goal. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's straight up what it was. He like was pissed. I mean, I get it. The guy was in the crease. I mean, did he make contact with him? I mean, he like- hit, he hit his leg like slightly, but it wasn't like right. full on but contact. Like, you get contact all game, all game. There's contact. So now because you gave up a goal, you're going to have a tantrum and then go after the player. Like I wish they would have let flurry get him because oh. it would have been interesting if they could have they could have exchanged some pleasantries on the ice. If I could see Mark Andre Fleury absolutely just knuckle sandwich Jordan Bennington to the ground, that'd be the greatest moment of my of my hockey of my hockey fan yeah. fandom like all of hockey would have collectively came together and would have supported and I probably think would have even paid off Mark Andre Fleury's fine for even starting that fight. And I, I it, it would have happened. It, it would have happened. <laughs> And it's even funny because Craig Berube was literally all over him, like I think a couple months ago, saying that he needs to stop worrying and start playing the game. And obviously, it hasn't worked at all here. But well, he can he can be apparently he can start movies now if the whole goalie thing doesn't work out. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. He can be in the he can be in the remake of Goodwill Hunting now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We can have him in that, and he will be the most hated person in Boston still. And still to this day, he is the most hated person in Boston. I am 100% on that one. Um, So wrapping up now, a uh, little bit of a sh- – got, uh, got for another four-game stretch here. Uh, So <clears throat> when this posts on Tuesday, uh, the Bruins are back in action. They have a three-game homestand and then head on the road for one on Sunday. Uh, So they play the Senators – Today, for this matter, for when we post this, uh, they play the Canadians on Thursday. Uh, they play the Lightning on Saturday, and then they go back to back and head to Carolina on Sunday. 
Oh, oh yeah. You get the Lightning Carolina back to back uh uh duo and also Sveshnikov is officially out for the season where they torn ACL, so that is a massive I mean it's a it's a good blow blow for the Carolina Hurricanes. I think it was I think it was announced literally the next day after we recorded. Yeah, yeah. So perfect perfect timing, am I right? Uh so Kevin, we'll start with you. What is your uh uh four game prediction? Excuse me. I am so tempted to go three and one again. Um <laughs> I really think I, I really think it's gonna be two and two. Um, you know, i I think they're starting to rest guys and, and rightfully so. So I think they'll be close games and they'll play well. I just think they'll because they'll be resting guys, they'll end up losing a couple of these games. They'll probably end up losing. You know what? With the way they're playing, they'll probably end up losing to Carolina and then the Canadians. They'll somehow win against Tampa. They'll the lose Canadians. against the fucking Canadians. Anything but the Canadians, dude. Come on now. Uh, uh, Jamie? The Tampa game is in Tampa, right? They're on the road for that no, one? No, uh, they're on the road in Carolina. They're at home against Tampa. I'm like really tempted to go 4 0, but I'm not going to be that guy. I'm going to go 3 and 1. And I'm going to give the Canadians the only loss. What, what is it with you and the Canadians, guys? What, what, what are we doing here? Uh, it's just, you I know. Understand, I understand if it's the Senators, but it's the fucking Canadians we're talking about here. It's that like trap game. I was going to say, it, it's like, it's that game you expect them to win, but somehow it's kind of like, you know what? It's like Blackhawks 2.0. It's like another trap game, like Kevin said. <sighs> Chris. All right. So um they're coming off a big seven nothing win over the Sabres. You're gonna get the Senators tomorrow. I think they're gonna carry that momentum. Take take care of Ottawa. Um well, well how 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 is that pronounced again? Ottawa. Um I I don't think that the Bruins are going to have an issue with the uh, Canadians myself. So I'm going to go and be that guy that says they get the W and go 2-0 and in the first two games. However, um, the Lightning game is a concern for me. Yep. But ultimately, the, the bigger concern would be is the playing the day after traveling down to, to Carolina to play the Hurricanes, even though they're down um, – a little bit. Um, so I'm going to go three and one and the game. They're going to drop is going to be Sunday's game because it's that back to back and they're traveling. That's the, exactly what my thought was, was the back to back was going to kill them. And it's always Carolina and Carolina that kills them too. God, I hate playing in Carolina because they're all just friggin' storm surging up a storm over there. It's just, it's just so annoying. You know, they just, it's dangerous times when they get that surgeon. It really is, dude. It really is. They need a, you know, dude, uh, before we go, I do want to get everyone's opinions because I know you guys all follow Hockey East enough. Uh, obviously, big news out of Hockey's outside of the Hockey's Championship um, was that Devin Levi, the best goalie, probably in Division One hockey, honestly, if you're asking us, signed with the Buffalo Sabres, uh, who need a goalie like absolutely badly. Uh, they signed him to a three uh, three year entryway contract. Uh, just before we go, I want to get your thoughts on this. Uh, uh, Jamie, 
obviously best goalie in hockey East uh, up for the Hobie Baker award. Uh, do you see uh, Devin Levi uh, taking this into the NHL and being a star in the NHL? I could, I like him a lot. He's a guy that, that like actually have watched highlights of him. Like if I'm bored, I will, when I need like a sports fix, I will literally go on YouTube and just like have a time for a good 10 minutes. Um, I love watching him play the game, and I think he'll thrive in Buffalo, especially since they need, you know, a number one goalie like that. If they want to let him go to the Bruins in four years, I'm okay with that too. Um, but I like that move a lot for the Sabres, especially with a position that's so, you know, that is so critical to a team's success. So you're saying they're going to pull Alinas Allmark and, you know, they're going to let him finish out the contract and then sign him in free agency? And then have him go. I'm absolutely. not saying they're going to. I'm just saying if four years from now the Bruins is like, hey, we need a goalie and the Sabres like we failed this kid and they do this again, I'm not gonna be mad. I I don't care <laughs> tell the future, but I'm just trying to manifest my life five, four years from now. Oh, um uh, Chris, what's your take on uh good old Devin Levi? Yeah, I mean, well, first off, we all know my feelings about the Buffalo Sabres. I think their their whole operation's a joke. Um, so the whole, whole, like when they'll screw it up, it's not, yeah, it's yeah. A matter of time. Um, there's hope. There's hope for the Bruins, sir. I, I, I don't know. I mean, how many, I wish this kid luck and I hope that he can take it to the next level with, with what he's done, you know, 14 wins. Um, I think he had like six shutouts this year. Um, will it translate? Should. I don't want it to for Buffalo because it doesn't fit my narrative of hating on the Buffalo Sabres um, who will forever pick in the top half of the draft and have nothing to ever show off of it because they're never going to be good and compete. So um, I think it's unforgivable that you let a MVP Vesna type player walk out of your facility to a team in the Eastern Conference. So And your yes, Atlantic division as well. The same division as you, by the way. So hopefully, hopefully he does well, but I would have picked somewhere else like Buffalo. I'm sure there was probably other offers on the table. I'd have to think. But I think I'm sure Buffalo was the team that, you know, absolutely needed a goalie. And he knows that, you know, probably could get up through the ranks pretty fast with the, uh, how bad goalie. that goalie situation is right now. And honestly, their, their offense is a bad as our defense. That is absolutely trash, but that's besides the point. Um, Kevin, what say you? Yeah, I think it's a smart move by him to sign with Buffalo. Um, you know, he's he's very talented, and it's kind of that that thing of, you know, if you're a baseball player or you cross sports, here, you want to get drafted by the worst teams because you're just going to work your way through um, the farm system as quickly as possible. And this is the same thing with with Levi. He he will probably. Be in net. I wouldn't be shocked if it's before the end of this year. You know, it, it <laughs> they got they have nothing going for them. So what do they have to lose by throwing this kid in net? Um, yeah, Buffalo, Buffalo's a joke. Um, you know, so I, I I wish his kid luck, and I like Jamie said, I hope he just somehow manifests his way to Boston and he gets to experience. Um, I know he played two years of college hockey here, so. Him being at the Garden again, I'm sure he'll love it. Um, but he's probably going to be miserable in Buffalo when they end up losing every game, one nothing, two nothing. 
because there's no talent in that organization besides H. Thompson. And he'll he'll end up in uh he'll probably end up in I don't know, Tampa in the next two years. Oy. Something like that. Oy. They'll just they'll just let these guys just walk out the door because they don't know their ass from their elbow up there when it comes to hockey players. Can we um, save this this clip so like five years from now the four of us can get credit? Yeah, for these for these transactions. Yeah. Can we? I, say, I, I yeah, save every one of the. I save one of the every one of these podcasts. So it gets save. destroyed though if it doesn't fit our narrative. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, it never gets mentioned again if it doesn't fit the narrative. Oh um, no, whole ninety eight five right there. I like it. Yeah, of course. Um, so last thing I'll say before we go, uh, the tank for Bedard ends on May eighth. I believe May seventh. I'm sorry. And that is when we when the draft lottery is, and we find out who finally will be taking Connor Bedard number one overall in this year's NHL draft. Will it be the Buffalo Sabers? Will they suck that much to uh, uh, have a, even a chance at getting a pick at that? But you know, either way. Uh, so that's gonna wrap it up for this week. Uh, we'll be back next week as always, uh, wrapping up the last uh, four games and going ahead to look at the next three or four games because. Starting to wrap up now here, boys. We're by when we get back, when we get back, we are gonna be one game away from single digits, single digit games from being in the play uh being at the playoffs. So one step closer to that Stanley Cup playoff push. It's been a long season and it's been a fun season for Bruins, obviously. Uh we're just ready to make it we're ready to make that playoff push now. So without further ado, as always, I'm Jeff Hoke here with Chris Henry, Kevin Perdios, and Jamie Gatlin. And we'll be back next week. For yet another episode of Shorthanded Takes, a Boston Bruin podcast presented by Beyond the Monster. See you all next week.